If you would turn with me to Hebrews the 8th chapter this morning. For some weeks we've been talking about walking with God. Walking with God. And our text has been here in Hebrews 8 and verse 10. The prophecy said, this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. He wouldn't just write the laws on stone tablets. He wouldn't just give them the ordinances could be written down with pen and ink. He would write it on your heart. He would put it inside you. Is this the day you and I are living in today? The day where he he didn't just write it on the stone and we look at it. He, He writes it inside you. He puts it inside you. And verse 11 says, They shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Said out loud, all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. All shall know me is the prophecy that is fulfilled in the day of the new covenant. In the first covenant, the old covenant, the average person did not know God personally. That's why somebody like Gideon was putting out a fleece. Because he didn't know who was talking to him. (laughs) And I said, what about putting out fleeces today? Don't do it. Do not do it. And watch about praying like that. So God, if you want me to do that, then have four red cars come by my house in a row and I'll know that you don't pray like that. So I said, well, I did pray like that and it happened. God has mercy on babies. <laughs> but you got to realize that uh, the enemy is out here too. Yeah. And he can do some things. Yeah. He can influence and cause some, even some supernatural things to happen. Just because it's spiritual doesn't make it God. Just because it's supernatural doesn't make it God. New Testament believers are not supposed to be led externally. We are to be led internally. Right? I don't care if a door is wide open. You don't just blare through it. You stop and say, Lord, am I supposed to go through that? Right? And you're led by the witness. And I don't care if the door is closed and bolted and locked and chained. That doesn't mean you can't go through. You just say, Lord, am I supposed to go through there? And if you are, then you stand there and speak to it and believe God till it opens up. Too many people are led by external things. Well, this happened, so I can't do it. It must be God. That didn't happen, so it must be God. No, you don't just say it must be God because of stuff that's happening out here and around you. There's all kind of influences in this world around you. doesn't make it God. Sit out loud, I am a child of God. I'm led by His Spirit inside. Amen. Not by all this stuff on the outside. Now, uh, he said, they'll all know me from the least to the greatest. And that's what we've been talking about. 
that you do not have to know about God only. And you do not have to know God vicariously through other people's relating their experiences. You are supposed to know God experientially for yourself. Do you believe it, saints? For yourself. Know him for yourself. And so in talking about that, we've gone into a number of things that would help us to know him and walk with him. And I won't take time to go through everything. Don't have that time today. But you can go out in the back area and get uh, CDs, DVDs. You can go online, get all the previous messages. And I believe it will benefit you to cover everything. Because what we're doing today is built on that. But one of the things that we saw in Amos is how can two walk together unless what? Unless they're agreed. And if you go walk with God, you need to be in agreement uh, with him. You need to love what he loves and desire what he desires and and esteem what he esteems, value what he values, despise what he despises. And when it comes to agreeing with him, he's not going to meet you halfway. Did I say something wrong? How many understand God's not going to meet you halfway in adapting to you? (laughs) That would be wrong. He's perfect. You're not. Right? He's right about everything. You're not. One of our biggest problems is ignorance. Ignorance. Even the Apostle Paul said, for we know in part. Right? Somebody who'd had multiple visions of the head of the church had been called up to heaven. And he says, I just know parts of it. Well, if you just know parts, what does that mean? There are other parts you are oblivious to, that you don't know. And that's the parts that can cause a problem. You, you got to watch about filling in the blanks about things that you don't know and yeah. jumping to conclusions and assuming things. And because of that, that's where the Bible says we are to submit ourselves to God. Yeah. Right? There'll be, there'll be numerous times you don't see things. You don't see what he's talking about. You don't see why he's telling you to do something or why he says he loves this and he hates this. But uh, you can, as an act of your will, say, well, if he likes it, I like it. Yeah. Don't care what my head tells me or what anybody. If he don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I saw that for my own life a number of years ago that I could do that. The master said, I delight to do thy will, O God. It's, it's an act of your will. You don't have to feel that way. And, and I saw and, it, and, and began to practice it. Uh, there, not too long after I saw it, something came up. I thought this thing I has always wanted to do. I had always wanted to do. And the Lord dealt with me. I don't want you to do that. And so you got a choice. Your soul and your mind's been going that direction for years. And you can get all miffed about it. And go, well, I was always wanted to do that. Or you can save yourself a lot of grief and go, right. <laughs> yeah, now that I look at it again, I don't even like it. And your head's going, yes, you do. Say, shut up, shut up. <laughs> now that I look at it again, no, sir. I'm, no, uh-uh. what was I thinking? Why? Because if you don't like it, I don't like it. You can just do it as an act of your will. And then there's other things. I thought for decades I was not a pastor and never would be. I was just pretty sure about it. And um, after 20 years in the ministry, 
Phyllis and I were on vacation for a couple of days. We're standing by a lake. I remember it distinctly. And, and he just come up and I just looked at her. I said, you ever thought about pastoring? She said, no. I said, me either. And that was the whole conversation. That was the whole thing. So we thought, well, boy, that's settled. <laughs> and about five years after that, the Lord began to deal with us to start the church there at Branson. Man, it surprised me. I thought, huh? Me? Because <laughs> there were even some other people kind enough to tell me they were sure I wasn't a pastor. <laughs> Didn't need to do such a thing. <laughs> but I had to do that same thing. I thought, and finally I realized, no, this is the Lord dealing with me. And, and I came back and I said, yes, sir. That's what I am. I is one. Right? <laughs> I don't have to feel like it. I don't have to see anything else. If he says you are, you are. Right? If he says I am, I am. And, uh, uh, you know, our staff that we've had over, the, especially the ones that have been with us a while, so many of them, they had one thing in mind they thought they wanted to do. And now, 10 years later, 20 years later, they're doing something totally different and happier than they've ever been. Do you believe God knows you better than you know you? And, and he's right. About everything. But to walk with him. You have to adapt to him. Not try to get him to come to you. And submit to him. And in doing so. Taking this time to learn. What he. What's important to him. What matters to him. We've already seen that God is a righteous God. He loves righteousness. What is fair. What is just. He's a God of truth. He loves truth and honesty he hates a lie didn't say he hates liars he hates a lie you can love sinners without loving the sin right and we've seen a number of things we see he's a god of honor and that you you must treat his things with respect right and honor and uh, I'll, I'll be frank with you our generation is suffering from the fruits and results of the rebellion of the 60s. Now we've had multiple generations grow up that were never taught respect and not taught on it. It's a huge problem throughout society, but we don't have to be like that. Us, our children, our grandkids can know respect and honor and be honorable and treat people and the things of God with honor and respect. We can be and we will be a light. In a dark world. Can you say amen? amen. amen. I don't think it's a good thing for younger ones to say sir and ma'am to their elders and, and to their teachers. And, and when an elder begins to talk, shut up. Right? Don't interrupt your elders. And, and there's so much, well, that's just old fashioned. No, it's older fashioned than you think. It goes all the way back to God. <laughs> it ain't just Southern. It ain't just this. It ain't just that. It's God. He's a God of honor. I mean you'll find scriptures like the Bible talks about when a, when a white haired elder comes into the room. Get up. Don't stay seated. Stand up. See there's a lot of things that we need to get back to don't we? Back to the word. And if you're going to walk with God and commune with him. You got to get our minds renewed. So that we think like he does. He is a God of honor. His honor is one of the most awesome things about him. I mean, uh, when I get to thinking about that and, and begin more aware, it's one of the things that will bring me to tears the quickest and move me the deepest. He is what he is on the inside. It's honor. 
It is so deep. It is so powerful. It is so moving. And he wants us to be a representative of that in this dark world. Somebody said out loud, Father, teach me about your honor. Now something else we want to go on into today. You got time for it? You know, there's a lot of folks looking for a 20-minute sermon. And you've already figured out that that ain't happening here, right? I mean, (laughs) but how much time can we give God? You know, are we really that rushed, that pushed that, uh, you know, 12, 10 or 15 or whatever is so hugely different from 1159? Don't get scared, just (laughs) relax, right? I don't want to go too long either. I don't want to do anything more than I should do. But how many think we ought to give the Lord our full attention without sitting fidgeting, thinking I wish we'd hurry up and be done. If the Lord's trying to talk to us, we need to get it. And you will be tested on this material. (laughs) You will, not you might be, you will be. When you walk outside these doors, you're going to be tested on this in life. So, you know, I know when I first started learning how to fly, especially fly jets. I was in ground school for weeks before they let me get in the, you know, the fly. And so uh, I'm sitting there and what went on and on and on and on. And, and, and depending on your inclination, I mean numbers, oh brother, numbers, numbers, numbers. And uh, then I finally got in the sim. And I'm flying, and the engine caught on fire. And then this happened. And you know what I was thinking at that time? You know, I wish I'd have paid a little more attention (laughs) in the classroom. Because they weren't just a jabbering. I mean, I am going to need this. (laughs) And I'm going to understand, you're going to need this. You're going to need this. We're talking about faith. You're going to need it for yourself or your family or friend soon. You're talking about healing. You're talking about prosperity. You're talking about being led. You're going to need it for yourself or somebody else soon. So uh, open both eyes. and <laughs> Are you here? Okay. Let's go on talking about walking with the Lord. What else uh, should we know to agree with him and to walk with him? Go with me over to uh, Mark, the third chapter. Mark chapter 3. Let me talk just a little bit further about that. Our time down here is very precious. Our time together is very precious. And people are leaving here, dying I'm talking about. If you heard some of our teaching along this line, we got into it talking about at the rate of about two per second on the earth, not just in church, But with your family, your friends, people you encounter, you don't know that you're ever going to see them again. Right? Do we know 100%? Do I know? Do you know that you and I will ever be in a service again? We don't know that 100%. And if you're doing something with somebody, your spouse, your child, your friend, whatever, watch about being so rushed that you can't take 20 more seconds or 20 more minutes to finish a sentence properly and to convey something and handle something properly. How many think a lot of folks in this world are in far too big of a rush? They're far 
too big of a rush. And we got to watch about technology. You got to watch. We're not supposed to be led by texts or emails. We're supposed to be led by the Spirit, right? And so many you have to watch because your phone dings or your computer makes a sound. You drop everything, ignore people and cut people off to do that. That is so rude. Somebody's trying to talk to you and you're texting. That's just rude. I said it's just rude. And what if you never see them again on this side? And the last thing you did was snub them. Because you were trying to tell somebody the color of your shoes. Or where it was for sale somewhere. You know, some simple thing that wasn't important. You know, we, we need to relax, don't we? And we need to pull the throttles back some. Right? And did you know, you don't have to take hours and hours with a person to make them feel like you care All you got to do is give them your full undivided attention for a few seconds, for a couple minutes, right? Just let them have your full attention and let them see love in your eyes and let them hear it in the tone of your voice. How many know it could make you feel a whole lot better if you didn't see them again tomorrow, right? These things are important. And uh, let's walk in a greater awareness of what's really going on and what's really important. We're still talking about the same thing, aren't we? What's important to him is important to us. You know what's important to him? People. I heard something, now this has been decades ago, but I heard a minister say this and it just branded me inside. He said he was, actually I think he was in Central Park in New York City. And he was looking around, just a nice day, he was enjoying minister himself and just communing with the Lord saying Lord you know thank you for this day and everything and and he said uh, the Lord spoke to his heart and said look around what do you see he thought hmm there's an airplane going over there's skyscrapers over there I hear a train there's apartment buildings there's cars The Lord said, that's not what I see. I see people in the plane. I see people in the buildings. I see people in the cars. Is that a difference? It's a huge difference. Than just seeing stuff and seeing furniture and seeing structures. God don't really care about all that. Right? All that stuff's going to be gone. Right? It's rusting and rotten. It's all going to melt with fervent heat. But those human souls are forever, right? And precious, precious beyond natural price. In uh, Mark 3, there was a man in the place where Jesus was speaking that had a withered hand. And the religious leaders were pondering whether Jesus would heal him on the Sabbath day. And we're actually expecting it. Now you think about ungodly folks had more faith that a healing was going to happen (laughs) than a lot of believers. Think about those Pharisees, doctors love poking each other and said, watch him. He'll heal him on the Sabbath day. Watch him. (laughs) 
And then Jesus told the man, stand up. They said, see, I told you, I told you. Watch him. Because to them, after just being around him for a while, Jesus in the room, sick man in the room, healing's happening today. (laughs) These were ungodly people. (laughs) How much more should believers think that way, right? And he looked around about it with anger. Verse 5, being grieved for what? Grieve for the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other. Glory to God. Is he still a healing Jesus? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But now we've seen things that pleased the Lord and we've seen things that angered and grieved the Lord. Why are we looking at this? We want to walk with him. We want to see things like he sees them. Be in agreement with him. If he doesn't like it, we shouldn't like it. What didn't he like here? Hard-heartedness. Hardness of heart. Go to Luke 6, please. Let's read Luke's account of this same happening, and we'll see some more detail here. Jesus said in verse 27, I say to you which hear, love your enemies. Everybody say, love your enemies. Who are your enemies? That's people that don't like you. Right? People that can't stand you. People that talk bad about you. Behind your back and maybe to your face too. People that will hurt you. Have hurt you and would hurt you again. And what are you supposed to do? Shut them down. (laughs) Get them back. What are you supposed to do? What? What? Love them. Love them. These are people that don't like you. (laughs) You going to do what? Well, I can see you're excited about it too. (laughs) How do you do that? How do you do that? Keep reading. Verse 28. Bless them that curse you. They curse you and you do what? You don't curse them back. Huh? They curse you and you do what? Get mad. Get your feelings hurt. Get offended. Turn them in. (laughs) I know what. Email everybody and tell them (laughs) how they cursed you and what they did to you. No, no. What do you do? Bless them. Blessing has to do with a benefit. Cursing has to do with a damage, a hurt. Do something that's a benefit. Say something that'd be beneficial for them. Uh, pray something that'd be beneficial for them. Do something that'd be beneficial. Now here, I'm, we're going to have to keep saying this because our mind's got to be renewed. You don't have to feel like it to do it. You can be as mad as all get out. You can be hurt. You can be upset. And not act like you feel. Even though your feelings are real and strong, it doesn't make them right. 
it doesn't mean you have a right to feel that way or that you're right in feeling that way. And if you're feeling led, you're going to miss it again and again and again. How many remember the scripture said the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God? Pray for them, which do what? Despitefully use you. Despitefully. That's mean, isn't it? We'd say just spiteful, right? This did it for spite. They just walked by your desk and just knocked everything in the floor. Oh, excuse me. You know they did it on purpose. They just did this. They just, just out of spite. So what do you do in response to that? Back up. What do you do? Huh? You point it out to them. You teach them. You correct them. You correct them. You what? You do what? You pray for them. You pray. You do what? You pray for them. They go out of sight and you you go, God, I'm doing what you said. I'm praying for them. You don't pray this prayer. Strike them, God. Get them. No, no. That's not the prayer that we're talking about. <laughs> Why? Because if you care about them, here's the big deal. If you care about them, you don't want them to be judged for what they're doing to you. Now, if you don't care about them, you want to see them get what's coming to them. If you care more about your feelings than you do them, then you want to see them judged. Vengeance. But if you care about them, you'd say like Jesus, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Hmm? You say like Stephen, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. I mean, they got enough trouble (laughs) without getting in trouble over me. Right? Lord, help them to see what's going on. Help them to see what road they're on. Open their eyes. Have mercy on them. Help them to wake up. Help them. Right? We don't want to see them judged. We don't want to see them go off the end into destruction. Pray for them. Keep going. Under him that smites you on the one cheek. Do what? Oh boy. (laughs) Then let's just stop. What if you don't do that? They slap you and you slap them harder. Why do this? You ever been slapped real hard? It ain't fun. I used to do sport fighting. You ever been punched real hard in the mouth? And I've been hit so hard, shavings came off of my teeth. Serious? And you know what goes through your mind? I was in the ring, and uh, the person mediating the fight, they called it, go to, you know, go to the corners. And so they came to me, and man, you know, when you get real hard, you can't see. Really, you can't. Your eyes fill up with water. You can't even see. And uh, this guy had kind of pulled a, a little trick. I, I won't go into it, but he was, it was kind of some dirty stuff. And so the guy said, you know, you, we need to call the fight. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> give me. Just give me a minute. 
They said, no, no, we need to call it. I said, no, no, no. Do you know what's going through my mind? Anybody know? <laughs> Give me just a minute <laughs> to get focused here. <laughs> and we're going to help him out. We're going to take him to school for a, a little while. <laughs> and my instructor saw my eyes. And he said, no, I'm calling it. Because <laughs> he knew what was happening next. And, and thank God he did. And when there was, Why? Because if, if they slap you and you slap them, Here's the question. What happens next? What happens next? Two punches, three punches, a kick and four punches, and three kicks and a tire iron. (laughs) Knife and a pistol. (laughs) Where does it stop? Where does it stop? When it could have stopped with you doing this. Controlling yourself. Controlling your feelings. And just turn, why? Because you don't want to get hit on that same side again. (laughs) So at least start fresh. (laughs) How many of you, there's good reasons why the Lord would tell you this? (laughs) He that takes away your cloak, don't forbid him to take your coat. Don't get all huffy and go, well, you're not taking anything else. It'll be over my dead body because it very well could be. It could escalate to the point where somebody's dead. It happens every day in the world, doesn't it? Things get out of hand and it goes from this to this. Next thing you know, somebody's dead. And it's so senseless. So senseless that somebody could have said, take the parking spot. Fine. I changed my mind. I want to go somewhere else. Right? Sure. Take it. Do it. Don't be temper ruled. Don't be feeling dominated. Right? And certainly don't let a grudge and vengeance chew on you and push you till you can't even see straight for your hatred. That's devilish. How many know that's devilish? That's not godly. And it can't end well. Even if you win, you lose. Right? He said... Verse 35, love your enemies. Do good. Verse 36, be merciful as your father is merciful. He's talking about love, isn't he? I jumped ahead too far. I was acting like you were in a rush, but you said you weren't in a rush, right? Okay. So back up to uh, 31. As you would that men should do to you, do you also likewise to them. For if you love them that love you, what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. If you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. Verse 35, love your enemies. He says it again. The love of God is not what so many call love in this world. The New Testament commandment. Anybody remember John 13, 34? This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. It is one of the very most important things you could talk about as a Christian. God is love. Say it out loud. God is love. If you're going to know God, you're going to know love. 
In fact, just go to 1 John 4. Let's read that passage where that comes from. 1 John 4. Is it possible to love your enemies? Those that hurt you. Those that do evil to you. Is it possible? It's not only possible. We're commanded to do it. Aren't we? A command is not something you get to choose whether you do or not. But the Lord's looking out for us. Even though it might not be easy. It's going to be the best for us and them. 1 John 4. 1 John 4. Verse 7. Beloved. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. And what? And what? Knows God. You want to know God? You want to walk with God? You got to know love. Right? And if you, you love, that's a sign you're born of God. Why? Romans 8. And what is it? Verse 5. It's 5 5. Excuse me. Just put that up for us. You stay in 1 John 4 if you want to. Romans 5 5. What does it say? Hope makes not a shame because what? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, which is given to us. One of the biggest things that happens when you're born again, the Spirit, you, the person on the inside is recreated. You become a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. And you have a new nature. And your new nature is the nature of God himself. Which is love. There's no such thing as a child of God that can't love. I said there's no such thing as a child of God that can't love. Same thing. No such thing as a child of God that can't believe. That's what you are by nature is a believer. And it's what you are by nature is love. But you also have a nature in your flesh. And that nature is selfishness. Yours and mine. Because your flesh didn't get born again. Hmm? You got the same flesh and flesh nature that you had the day before you got born again. And your mind is not completely renewed. You can still think like an unsaved person. And you can still yield to feelings like an unsaved person. And all you got to do to be selfish is just wake up in the morning (laughs) and yield to how you feel. And just say whatever crosses your mind and just act like whatever feeling comes across you. And you'll be acting like an unbeliever. But if you'll pay attention when you're yielding to selfishness, something is scratching you on the inside. Something is bugging you. Something is letting you know, no, this is not the way to go. This is not the way to be. It is the love of God that has been shed abroad in your heart. It's in you. And if we will choose to, we can let that love govern us. 
Instead of our feelings, instead of someone's insults, instead of how somebody, you don't have to respond and live according to the way somebody treats you. You can live by faith and live in love. Love is a, just like we said, God must be the most misrepresented, maligned person ever. People have said all kinds of things about God that's not true. And God is love. So that is true about love. Love is one of the most distorted, misrepresented things on the planet. People love their car and they love pizza and they love football and they love this and, and they're, uh, they get love sick and they fall in love and fall out of love. And believe that you can't help who you love. And you, you can't help who you fall in love with. See, they think love is an infatuation. They think love is a feeling. And when the feeling is gone, you don't love them no more. And you're sorry. But you know, you got feeling for somebody else. And, and you can't help it. You wish it wasn't this way. But love... Amore. <laughs> it's a mystery. And, and the truth is, all these folks who are thinking like this don't have a clue what love really is. Love's not a feeling. Love's a person. God is love. And you can love somebody when your flesh is tingling wanting to slap them. <laughs> when you are for all the world wanting to do something bad. Yet you got a choice. You can yield to how you feel. Or you can yield to the love that's real. Inside you. It's a choice. And as Christians we must discipline ourselves. And as you're learning, you can catch yourself in mid-sentence. If you've been yielding to the wrong thing for years, just acting how you feel, you can say, well, let me tell you one thing. Mm. God loves you. <laughs> and I do too. And I'm going to go pray. We'll talk about this later. How many believe you can catch yourself mid-sentence and stop yielding to those feelings. And that anger and pride. You don't talk about me that way. So much stuff that people get so indignant about their family. You don't talk about my kids that way. No, you don't talk about my way. It's always about the mine. My. See, you think it's so much about your kids. It's your kids. And man, if the enemy sees that. You know, anybody remember uh, Jack in the Box? <laughs> How the jack-in-the-box works. My kids don't know what a jack-in-the-box is. It didn't have any batteries. Let me tell you that. This little box had jack down in it. In the lid. And you crank the handle. And it would. Don't, don't, don't. Right? Nothing happens. Don't, don't, don't. Nothing. Don't, pow. Jack jumps out the box. And all the kids go, wee. 
<laughs> your flesh is like that. I said, your flesh is like that. Somebody talk about you. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> That's not getting you. Somebody's talking about your kids. Don't, don't, don't. Talk about your kids some more. Don't, don't. Pow! Up comes the dead man. The person's supposed to be dead. And oh, breathing and seething, wrathing. Man, we're going to make things happen. And I'm telling you, if the enemy sees that, he knows your weak point. Next thing you know, half the folks in your community talking about your kids. He will drive you nuts if you let him. But you, how many know you got to be able to take a punch? Right? Spiritually, you need to be able to take a punch. If something gets in on you, it gets to a tender spot, it makes you mad, it hurts you, you need to be able to go, hmm, hmm. Is that it? Was that your best shot? Now you may be wanting to do this. Oh, (laughs) don't do it. Don't do it. Be cool. Be cool. Keep thinking greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I got the love that can never fail on the inside of me. And I'm choosing to yield to that, not how I feel. Can you say amen? Back to 1 John 4. He said, verse 7, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not, what? If you don't know love, you don't know God. Why? For God is love. We're talking about walking with God and knowing God. Does it get any more important than this? It doesn't. Keep going, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. And Romans says he did this while we were yet his enemies. The love of God is not dependent on what anybody does for you or against you. When you love with the love of God. You love independently of what they're doing. Or not doing. And with that kind of love. You can love people that hate you. And the great thing about it is there is no weapon against love. There's no defense against it. People say, I hate you. And you go, well, I love you. They can't say, you can't. I won't let you. (laughs) You can't prevent it. (laughs) There is no weapon. Why? Love is the most powerful thing in the universe. Why? God is love. We're not talking about feelings. We're talking about the real thing, the love of God. The love of God is not something you fall in and fall out of. It's not based on feelings. Verse 10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but he loved us. He loved us while we were sinning against him. Didn't mean he loved what we were doing, but he still loved us. And you can love people. No matter what they're doing. You don't have to love what they're doing. But you can love them. Right? And even though you may be very displeased. With something they have done or are doing or planning to do. They should be able to see in your eyes. That you still value them. And you still want the best for them. Right? And you're willing to sacrifice. Personally. So that they can be in a good way. 
Somebody say the love of God. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Thank you, Lord. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. That's what Romans is talking about. The love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost who's been given to us. Full of the spirit is full of love. He said, we've seen and testified that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. Whoever will confess Jesus is the son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. He keeps saying it, doesn't he? God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Hallelujah. It goes on. But to know him is to know this love. Not a feeling. I changed the way I talk. I don't say I love my car. I don't say I love clothes or jewelry or a house or a machine. That's too strong a word. I can appreciate it. I can be thankful for it. I can enjoy it. I can be pleased about it. But I love God and I love people. It should be a different thing. And I can love God no matter how I feel. And I can love you no matter how I feel. Or how you feel. It's independent. Isn't it wonderful friends? It's independent. Of what anybody's doing. Or feeling. And it never fails. Isn't that what the scripture said? It never fails. That's why somebody slapped you. And you return the insult. You hit them back. How many understand that can fail? It's going to fail. Even if you win the fight, it's a failure, isn't it? It's a failure of witness. It's a failure of love. You can't feel good about breaking somebody's nose if you love them. That was one of my biggest conflicts when I was sport fighting. I'd practiced for months on a flying spinning hook kick. Oh man, months, months. And then when I'd get in a fight and it worked and boom, boom, and the heel connects with the temple and the guy goes boom and he's out, then I felt bad. I thought, oh, he's hurt. (laughs) Killer instinct, you don't need a killer instinct. You have a love instinct. Come on, are you listening? And the love instinct is you don't want to see people hurt. You responding, you retaliating is going to fail. You loving is never going to fail. It's always going to come out right when you love. Do you believe it, saints? Go with me to uh, Romans, the eighth chapter. I tell you, just for time's sake, go on over to the uh, 13th chapter of Romans. And uh, put up on the screen for us Ephesians 4 and 30. 
4.30 says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Do we want to walk with the Lord? We want to please him, right? Not grieve him. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Keep going. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, do what with it? Put it away from you. With all malice. Keep going. And be what? Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted. What did we see that grieved the Lord and displeased him? They were hard hearted. Why? We didn't take the time to read in Luke 6, but during that passage you'll see, just like we read in Mark, that these men were upset that Jesus might heal the man with the withered hand. And then when the man was healed, it said they were out of their heads with anger and fury against Jesus and he was grieved. Why? Because of their hardness of heart. Why? Because if they had any love in them, they'd be glad that the man got healed. And this is something that grieves the Lord. That people are more concerned about their doctrine, their revelation, they're more concerned about their position, their place, than somebody getting needs met. Somebody getting helped. And friend, watch out for this. I've made mistakes in this area. I think most people that have walked with the Lord very long have. But watch out for it. You don't have to. Beware of you thinking more about your spiritual development than in helping people. That it's a trick of the enemy. That I have to do this or I have to do that. And it prevents me from being there for somebody or helping somebody get free because true spirituality is love. True development in God is development in love which means you want, even if it costs you, you want to help somebody. You want them delivered. You want them healed. And see, these guys proved how far away they are. At one point, Jesus said to these guys later, uh, actually, well, it's over in John 8. He said, you don't have the love of God in you. You don't have the love of God in you. Do we have the love of God in us? We do have the love of God in us. Which means what? We want to see people's needs met. We want people relieved. We want them eased, not burdened. We want them healed, not sick. We want their needs met. Right? Do you believe that's God's love in us Amen. that's reaching out towards them? Yeah. Amen. And we've got to watch about, you know, I'm so busy working on my spiritual development that I'm not able. That's a trick, isn't it? That's a deception. He said, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Say it out loud. Put your hands on your, on your body. Say it out loud. The love of God, love of God is, in me. is in me. It's shed, it's shed abroad, abroad in, me. in me. I can love, I can love as God loves because his, his love is in me. in me. Those guys were hard-hearted. What are we supposed to be? Tender-hearted, kind. Everybody say kind. 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 Friend, I'm telling you, I've had the privilege of being around some, some very spiritual people. 
and also some people that just thought they were spiritual. And one of the indicators of real development in God is kindness. This love. There is no developing in God without developing in love. If you think, well, I need to develop in power. I need to develop in, in revelation. I need to develop. God, is, he has all those things, but he is love. Right? And don't be misdirected. Don't be misfocused. Biggest thing, God doesn't you see airplanes. He don't see buildings. What does he see? People. People. What should you see? You don't just see somebody that's standing in your way in the line in front of you holding you up. You don't just see all these cars that are making you get to work slower. There's people in the cars. They have a life. Things are going on with them. Do you care? (laughs) That's three people. (laughs) That's why she said get out of my way. That's why we're talking. Quit thinking about them getting out of your way. They matter. And they may be as messed up in their thinking as can be. They may be lost and just act like the devil. Right? Does that mean you can't love them? Does that mean you can't love them? Because of how? No, you can love them independently of what they're saying and doing. No matter how messed up they are, you can despise the sin. And at the same time, love them. Can't you? How can you do it? You can't do it with what the world calls love. Because that's fickle and feelings. But you can do it with what God has put inside you when you were born again. Say it again. I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. Romans 13 and 8. Well, you got a full dose today. (laughs) I believe it'll help. I believe it's worth your time. What if uh, husbands and wives walked in love with each other all the time? Every day. No matter what rubbed them wrong, no matter what made them mad, no matter what disappointed them, they didn't yield to their anger or their hurt They just chose to love and walk in love. What if both of them did that all the time? Would it be a different family? Would it be a different house? What if people walked in love with each other on the job? Walk in love with your customers. Walk in love with your clients. Right? They're mean to you, so what do you do? You know, besides, think about it. If somebody smarts off at you. A lot of times they don't even know what they said. They're not thinking. they just acting like a heathen. Because they may be Amen. a heathen. So that shouldn't shock you when a heathen acts like a heathen. Amen. Right? But you're not supposed to act like a heathen. Because you're not a heathen. You're a believer. And folks don't realize somebody slighted them. Somebody did something. And then they go around Uh, huffy and hurt and angry the rest of the day. Well, you wasted your day. You did not have to be that way. You could have been happy the rest of the day. You could have enjoyed the rest of the day. It's letting the enemy deceive you. You can tell how strong you are spiritually by what it takes to get to you. It ought to take a lot to shake your day. 
No matter what people are saying, what folks are doing, you just keep smiling. I think about Joseph. He was lied on. He was sold as a slave, forsaken by his brothers. Even though he was faithful to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife lied on him. Now he's thrown in the dungeon. He's been in there for years. And you see a verse where it says he comes in where uh, Pharaoh's baker and butler was. And he pops through the door and he goes, why are y'all so sad today? How come you're so down? They could have said, because we're in a stinky dungeon about to be executed. He never lost his joy because he never lost his dream. He never lost his vision. He never lost his faith. And even though it went from bad to worse and long to longer, there came a day when they said, come out, come on, shave and clean up. Pharaoh's calling you. And in one day, he went from a dungeon to the second man in the country. Didn't he? He went from wearing prison garb and eating prison food to having a big house, having a great family and being rich. But friend, he was in prison, but didn't let prison get in him. If you let that bitterness get in you and chew on you and that anger and that resentment and that hurt, it's not about them anymore. It's about you messing up your own life because you don't have to think that way. Well, you don't know what they did to me. That was did. Are you going to let them do it to you every day and night forever? They probably forgot about you a long time ago. Selfishness makes you cruel. Mean. Love makes you kind. Be tenderhearted and kind. Romans 13, did you find? 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Let me read this to you out of the easy to read translation. Easy to read translation says, You should owe nothing to anyone except that you will always owe love to each other. What does that mean? You never, if you owed somebody money, you can get to the place where you've paid them back and you don't owe them anything anymore. But with love, you never get to the place where I have loved you enough. <laughs> right? I'm done loving you. No, you're never done loving somebody. The person who loves others has done all that the law commands. The law says you must not commit adultery. You must not murder anyone. You must not steal. You must not want what belongs to somebody else. All these commands and all other commands are really only one rule. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. Now verse 10. Love doesn't hurt others. So love is the same as obeying all the law. It is the fulfillment of the law. The biggest trouble I've ever gotten in with the Lord is when I hurt other Christians. I remember some years ago somebody said something about a certain minister and a meeting and they had kind of joined my name to some things that I didn't really want to be associated with or a part of. And somebody asked me about them. And I said, well, I'm nothing to do with that. And I went on and said too much. And I left. And man, my heart smote me. And the Lord, he dealt with me. I could tell he was displeased with me. Angry if you want to use the word. And he helped me to realize 
And he brought it back to my mind. He said, when you said, I didn't cuss the man. I didn't say anything, you know, that you might consider just a direct insult. But he said, that man thinks less of this minister after talking with you and would probably not have him to his church. If you cost him a meeting and you cost the results of that meeting and you cost the provision of that meeting and you affect a relationship, cause someone to be less respected, less valued by what you just said, man, my heart hurt me. I got in the floor. I wept. I repented. Thank God that hadn't happened every day or even every year. But I'm just saying as an example, the times I've gotten in the biggest trouble with God is the times that I have hurt somebody through what I have said or done or didn't say or didn't do. Why? The most serious offense you can make. People get all hung up about smoking a cigarette or drinking a beer or saying a word that they ought not say. And don't misunderstand me. You're to live holy. You're to live clean. You're to get free from habits and things that bind you. But you want to know what's really serious to God? We're talking about it. I said we're talking about it. When your actions hurt people. And your words hurt people. It is a violation of the New Testament commandment. It is as serious as it gets. And how how can I tell? You'll know. Your heart will bother you. When your heart starts to bother you about what you're doing, anybody know what to do? Stop. Stop. Shut up. Stop. And if you need to, go to people and repent. And say, I had no business saying that. That's, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know them. I don't know their heart. Love does what? Put up that verse again for us. Love does no, works no ill to his neighbor. Said out loud, love works no ill. To his neighbor. It does no harm. It does no hurt. Love won't hurt you. Love will take the bullet. Instead of you taking the bullet. Right? Love will do without. Instead of you having to do without. Is it, do you believe that's the law of Christ? Is that what the master did for us? He took it so we wouldn't have to take it. That's the same love that's in you now. That's the same love that's in me. We'd rather miss out on some money. Then you miss out on some. It's something that we want to do. Love would rather you get to go. If we have to pick. One of us can't go. You get to go. But love. will not, If love is dominating you. It will not make a selfish choice. That makes you hurt. That winds up costing you. And hurting you. In order to do that. You have to ignore the love that's in you. And just yield to the flesh. And be selfish. Selfishness makes you mean. Cruel. Love makes you kind. Right? Tender hearted. Kind. How many believe if you're going to walk with love. You got to let love dominate you. You got to let love be your choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a person. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, 
you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.